Again, this is a 101. Mm -hmm. It feels like really important to me that people know that this is completely unpredictable. It is. I think that's one of the most important safety or harm reduction elements that we can bring into the conversation. Predictably unpredictable. The amazing thing about the mushrooms is that they speak. They talk to you. They will answer questions, carry on conversations. Psilocybin just pulls up a chair on the porch and puts its feet up. Okay, today we tackle a truly inexhaustible topic. What to expect when you take sacred mushrooms. Fresh off of retreat, Eric and Courtney offer a roadmap to familiarize you with the lay of the land ahead of time. And even if your next trip won't be your first, there's something valuable here for everyone. You're listening to Psilocybin Says. To support it, like and subscribe on YouTube or your podcast platform of choice. And stay connected on Instagram and TikTok. Hey everybody, welcome back to Psilocybin Says. Hey there. Welcome to our new lapel mic (laughs) featured episode. Yeah, if you're watching on video, (laughs) then you see us moving our hands around. Whoa, we don't have microphones we're holding. Upgrade. (sighs) Seems like it. It's a little weird, but... Today is part two of our three-part podcast episode series of preparation and what to expect during a mushroom trip and integrating a mushroom trip. So today we're talking about part two, what to expect during a mushroom trip. 101. And so for that, I'm going to eat 10 grams of mushrooms and let you watch me. <laughs> Whoa. <laughs> and then you'll just find out. You'll that. just watch. I should really do that sometime. I should really just eat like 10 grams of mushrooms. And I agree. That and let people watch and see. I was really close to wanting to record my last trip the other weekend. Yeah. But then I was like, how's that going to work? Yeah, uh, yeah it's long. It's <laughs> It's a long recording, <laughs> a little hyperlapse, <laughs> extreme hyperlapse. All right, so we did realize that we didn't talk really any about intention setting um, during the preparation, and I think that's because most of the time when we're working with mushrooms and we're working with people, the intention setting really comes in heavily on the trip when you're sitting down getting ready to eat mushrooms like why am i doing this when you're when you're prepping and you're going towards it there's a sense of why you're doing it for sure but when you're getting within those couple of hours leading up to actually taking the mushrooms you get a lot more intentional generally and you really start to focus in on that intention so i want to talk about that here um you know, my perspective on it, and I'm curious what how Courtney will expand on this, is a little bit different probably than what is often uh, shared in psychedelic circles. At least in my experience, a lot of people talk about this in terms of having very specific intentions. Like, I know I'm going to the mushroom for this reason. And I used to do that, and I still will maybe kind of carry in a background thought of, you know, I I would like to work on this or I would like to experience this. Um, But over the years, my intentions have just evolved into whatever is best for me. The mushrooms, 
consciousness give me whatever healing I need right now. And I found that to be a really helpful uh, because very often our intentions don't fulfill like we uh, expect them to, even when we're having limited expectations. Mm-hmm. And so it's it helps me to go with the flow of the experience and get more out of the experience if I have uh, if I put less kind of demands on it. If that makes sense. Yeah, intention in itself is somewhat of a loaded topic, but I like what you said. Uh, so we're just coming out of a group. Uh, sacrament camping retreat. So we just got home yesterday. So 15 of our church members communed together, and we had a team of eight clerics and ministers there uh, in support. Um, So this is pretty fresh for us. Yeah. Um, But I like what you said around the campfire the morning before the communion uh, for the dose uh, and talking about intention, and you said— you know, instead of us thinking about intention as far as what we want to get out of the mm. experience, let's think of bringing in an intention, like just bringing something in to the mushroom space. And that seemed to really, like, really resonate positively with a lot of people there. That's the first time I ever thought about it or spoken in that way as well. Uh, it just kind of struck me that we... We go to this experience always wanting to extract something out of it. But the reality is, is that, as with all things in life, we get back what we put in. So what is it that we're bringing to this experience? Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that it helped me to reframe stuff, and it did seem like people have got that. Yeah, so this does seem to be a really powerful, like, first part of the phasing mm-hmm. of a mushroom experience, which we've kind of broken down into five different parts. So this first part being like, okay, we're sitting down, we're like, we've got our mushrooms, this is the day of, and intention is at the forefront, really like, whoa, this is happening right now. I'm about to have this potentially profound journey and experience. Mm -hmm. Um, So sitting with that and being intentional about it, which you already are if you're (laughs) considering all the phases of the experience. Mm -hmm. So, Mm -hmm. um, So then like the next part would clearly be eating the that's, cons- that's next know, communing <laughs> consuming dosing however you want to call it how are we doing this there's so many different ways now mm-hmm. so touching on that yeah before that though i do want to say you know you talk about these distinct these different parts but these distinct parts are not so distinct right uh, even as we're, we're talking about this i'm reflecting on how many times i have felt the mushrooms coming on before I even ate them and other people saying the same thing. So mm-hmm. even the actual experience itself is not clearly defined by eating the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. Um, however, eating the mushrooms is a very important part. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. So, you know, and there's a lot of takes on this. We're going to do an episode entirely on how to eat mushrooms or how the different ways that people consume psilocybin and, and maybe how some of those... Uh, operate differently. Uh, I, I always, I've always loved seeing the whole mushroom, appreciating the mushrooms, and then eating the mushrooms without any type of 
you know, masking. I hear people talk about putting them on pizza and putting them on peanut butter sandwiches. And I just think, wow, that's, that's one way to do it. Um, and, you know, also, if I can help it, I like to eat fresh mushrooms. Um, you know, weighing mushrooms is, is important for a lot of people. Most people want to know what their dose is. Um, and that can be valuable uh, to a certain degree. My general approach most often uh, is to, if I'm eating mushrooms just myself and I want to deep dive solo, I tend to eat mushrooms until like the mushrooms tell me to stop. I'll, I'll weigh stuff out sometimes. Um, but you know, I, over the years, my experience is that the dosage doesn't matter nearly as much as our openness going into it. Um, but you know, I don't know. What do you want to say about eating, actually eating the mushrooms? Yeah. So I've, uh, I lean towards being a purist, more of a purist uh, mentality anyway, when it comes to food and experiences. Mm. So I uh, kind of like to cut the fat, the unnecessary stuff if possible. I really personally enjoy the way mushrooms taste raw, which is seems to be kind of uncommon, but um, <clears throat> I enjoy it. And I do think a big part of that is appreciating the relationship I have with them. Mm. Um, like majorly appreciating it. Uh, so just reveling in that as I eat ideally fresh mushrooms, uh, which there's a chemical explanation for that, but um, that's my ideal way to eat mushrooms if I can. But I know people also like to make tea mm -hmm. with mushrooms and there's this whole lemon teching thing. If you have a limited amount of mushrooms and you'd like to have a stronger experience, mm -hmm. That's something to look into if you're somebody, like I know in Jamaica, we had quite a bit of experience uh, with people who, for the most part, from my recollection, had been on SSRIs for a really long time and they needed to eat more mushrooms to have the experience they wanted to have. So we ended up making pretty blue smoothies <laughs> <laughs> for them just to get that mass uh, of mushroom down mm -hmm. uh so there's different ways to do it i know mm -hmm. chocolate bars are going around like crazy and encapsulating. encapsulating and i guess the last thing I'd, i would personally like to say about that part of this is that how you consume the mushrooms is a factor in how you experience the mushrooms and that's not just chemically like courtney said fresh versus dry there's a chemical explanation we can go into in another episode there um, also, if you include chocolate or other substances, there's, you know, interactions there chemically, but everything comes to set and setting and everything impacts your set and setting, right? Everything that you're thinking, everything that you're experiencing, everything around you, whether you're aware of the subtlety or not, it is having an impact on your experience right now and especially when you're on psychedelics. And so if you're taking mushroom gummies versus taking mushroom, fresh mushrooms versus taking, you know, encapsulated mushrooms, that is going to set your mind in a different way of thinking that will have maybe a very subtle, maybe a not so subtle impact on 
how you relate to the experience. Yeah, really glad you brought that up, just touching on it um, to wrap up this part, that <clears throat> that recollection of being able to see the whole mushroom, whether it's dried or fresh, like seeing it mm. as you're taking the time to like mindfully eat mm-hmm. it, mm-hmm. you recall that in the midst of a peaking in a mushroom experience Mm -hmm. and when in a completely different realm and like that can be really helpful to have like that flash of remembering the experience of intentionally saying i am eating like i am communing with this i'm i'm intentionally having entering into this relationship and connection with the help of this mushroom Mm -hmm. versus throwing back capsules Mm -hmm. and basically having very little recollection Mm -hmm. of what just happened or what you just put into your field. You don't get to pick any mushrooms out of your teeth if you eat them with capsules either. Uh, (laughs) I like the leftovers, (laughs) personally. Whoa. I do. I like to learn, you know, find a little nugget of <laughs> mushroom in my. Oh my god! <laughs> I must chew them like really slow, little by little, because I don't really find mushroom chunks in my teeth. Well, you're one of the only much. ones. I hear a lot of people I talking guess about I, picking mushrooms out of their teeth. I guess yeah, like on the onset, there's definitely yeah. some like, oh, no, okay, nice one. Good yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's a big topic that I really look for, look forward to exploring in time. Mm-hmm. Um, how we take mushrooms, and that's becoming more relevant as we have more modalities that come up, you know, the gummies and the extracts and all that. So yeah. looking forward to talking about that, but I won't focus too much on that right now. Now we're going to talk about actually getting into the experience itself. Mm-hmm. Um, so you've the taken onset. mushrooms, you're waiting for the mushrooms. Mm-hmm. What's happening? Yeah, what is happening? So if I... Pulling from my most recent experiences um, of both being in the mushroom space and then observing, mm-hmm. kind of like combining mm-hmm. those, um, the last mushroom experience I had, so there's variables here, again, as far as how quickly uh, the mushrooms, uh, you notice the mushrooms kicking in. There's all kinds of variables, like have you been fasting and did you eat fresh or dry mm-hmm. and the kind of mushrooms you ate and all that. So that's going to like impact the timing, your openness to the experience, all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, the last time I ate mushrooms, it took about five minutes for me to feel that I'm like, okay, I'm entering the onset period hmm. took about was, five minutes so do you think that was just your previous associations or do you think they were actually hitting you so you ate dried mushrooms right yep i ate dried ovoids and um and to reference what you had said before about feeling the trip coming on mm-hmm. before even eating mushrooms mm-hmm. i was definitely already okay. feeling the experience and i do think that has that's in large part due to my all the experiences I've had and being able to pull mm-hmm. from that mm-hmm. and remembering the feelings mm-hmm. and my body kind of kicking in even already. The, even the taste could connect you to memories. Even right? the smell. The as smell. soon as I smelled the mm-hmm. mushrooms, yeah, it was true. like, mm, <laughs> like I felt that little like, mm, yeah. 
<laughs> in my yeah. Yeah. field. Interesting. And so there's that. I'll say that. Um, in my earlier experiences, um, at this stage, my there was the experience of a lot of anxiety, my body physically shaking, feeling very nervous about not knowing what to expect, not mm. knowing how I was going to respond to the experience, all those thoughts and fears kind of rattling around before the actual onset of the mushrooms. So I feel like for most people, there's this period of that to a certain degree, anxiety and nervousness. <laughs> there's usually this, before. I feel like there's very often this like, oh, well, can't, can't go back now. Right. Not sure what I just did to myself, but I've done something. The no going to deal with. Yeah. Here we go. Yeah. Tick, yeah. tick. To yeah, go yeah. up the they, roller coaster. They don't stop the roller coaster once it starts. <laughs> no. <laughs> right. So, <clears throat> so reflecting on this past weekend, watching people um, in that, that phase, mm-hmm. kind of the settling, this kind of like, okay, moving around, mm-hmm. trying to get comfortable, mm-hmm. finding the space, the nervousness, like, where do I go? Mm-hmm. Where do I sit? Is this the right spot for me? Kind of settling in mm-hmm. uh, type of... Unsettled, moving to settled, yeah. Yeah. Uh, and you'll see, like, often people will <clears throat> kind of be talking to each other for the first 15 minutes or so, and oh. then you see, you know, individuals <laughs> kind of start to quiet down, or you can see they start to feel a little different, and they're like, they're kind of go their own way, you know. Yeah. And even when I'm by myself, my last big dose, you know, I was, I was walking around, just kind of pacing and I'm um, meditating and whatnot and qigong and then like as it as it really started kicking in and I knew that I was you know going on a significant ride that's when I just like go to the floor mm-hmm. you know either sit or kneel or whatever it is at that point a lot of times I'll stand but uh, for that one I was I was on the ground uh, so yeah just you like watching this trajectory of you know Sitting there intentionally, taking the mushrooms mindfully, waiting patiently with a little bit of anxiety, and as it starts to come on, this kind of very often even some physical manifestations of that energy movement. It could be yawning, it could be kind of giggling or sighing, maybe little tears start to come, and then... It really starts to move in. We're past the onset, and we're getting into the full experience now. And that's when my, I experience it almost as uh, something else is taking the wheel. Mm-hmm. Right? Something else is driving now. And I think that can be um, challenging for many of us to give ourselves over to because we're so used to being in uh, the illusion of control. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, And so to realize that you're not can be uh, really challenging. And there's even been times that I've experienced this notion of almost a symbiotic experience, like as the mushrooms start to take over or take whatever, control, um, then it occasionally or often feels like the mushroom is becoming human, sort of. It's like the mu- mm-hmm. like we we are 
coming together in this partnership mm-hmm. to experience each other. And I'm giving the mushroom kind of whatever control over my experience so that it can help me experience itself. I, I don't mm-hmm. know. It can be, it's a, that's a weird thing that maybe yeah. get, but I, I do for sure. Yeah. For, yeah, for me, it feels like, all right, I'm in the house of the mushroom. <laughs> I have, I am a guest in like mm. the, the space of the mushroom. And mm. here I am a guest. <laughs> like I, mm. this is a mushroom's house, the mushroom's rules. I'm just gonna. Hmm. I I have arrived in this house of the mushroom, mm-hmm. so I'm just gonna be present and listen and do what I'm told. <laughs> <laughs> give myself over. This is not my house anymore. I mean, and the quicker we can just give ourselves over to the experience, the more beneficial that'll be. Um, it can be really tough to do, even for experienced voyagers. I think at times, but yeah, that is a really valuable. Um, approach. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and oftentimes, like, really throughout, really the first, up into the first half of the mushroom experience, for me, there's a lot of, like, mucus release. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it can go, like, throughout, but for me, that's when it's heaviest, this desire to expel, like, spit. Mm-hmm specifically um and it does kind of last throughout but it's like heaviest Mm -hmm. um then and i know like for first time mushroom eaters there's the experience of a lot of mucus but there's also generally this experience of like uncomfort letting it out letting Mm -hmm. it go Mm -hmm. and just just expelling it and feeling okay doing that like Particularly for women, I feel like because mm. it's it's more acceptable for, for a man sure. to hawk a loogie oh, man, <laughs> on the said, street. I wanted to say that first. <laughs> I wanted to say hawk a loogie. Women, not all women. I'm not speaking for everybody, but culturally, y'all Kentucky girls, y'all Kentucky girls know how to <laughs> hawk a loogie, though. That's very true. But still, the Kentucky girls yeah, no. generally. Same thing goes with the purging. You know, there's there's this very often on, during the come up. There can be this sense uh, or a need to purge. Um, it's not like vomiting, and that's but that's kind of what it feels like. This nausea that sets in. Mm-hmm. I don't want to go into a whole big thing about the nausea because a lot of people have different takes on it. I believe the majority of it though is an energetic movement, and that's because when people allow themselves to express the moving of that nauseous energy that they feel better afterwards. Mm. Um, and so moving that out is often accompanied by mucus or some kind of like gassy belching maybe. And it's really, really helpful to just engage with that, move it out, and then move on to the next part of this, mm-hmm. which is kind of getting towards the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, and the peak of the mushroom trip, wow, uh, it can be can be really confusing. Uh, it can be very clear. It can be uh, very intense, though. No matter what, there's usually this kind of sense of intensity. And we haven't talked really about the waves yet, but very often individuals relate 
their mushroom experience as coming in waves, the intensity having this kind of waviness to it. Um, and the onset, you'll often feel that too. It's kind of like small peaks of intensity and then kind of pulls back, catch your breath, and then here comes another wave and another. And then once at this peak, it's just like you can just generally feel like, oh my gosh, I feel like I could not take any more. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> when, when will this be over? Am I going to be able to hold it together through this? Yeah, and this is where the like dichotomy between trusting the process, trusting the experience of the mushroom mm-hmm. experience versus not having a trust mm-hmm. for it can have a big impact. Mm-hmm. Um, for me, this experience is very much, I'm the peak is, this process of full surrender mm-hmm. and full mm-hmm. my an opportunity to practice fully letting go and having faith in mm-hmm. the experience. Um, and there's certainly been opportunities or times where I have not taken that opportunity <laughs> to let go and I haven't trusted the process and I've instead of leaning, just leaning in and letting go to it, I've like pushed back mm-hmm. and said like, I don't want this. I don't. I don't know why I'm doing this. I don't want it, and tried to get away from it. Um, I'll work out for you. <laughs> well, <laughs> turns out you can't get away. <laughs> I peed all over the house and ate a bunch of rocks. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's about how that worked out. I was trying to get away and uh, just. Yeah, couldn't do it. So it, I had a big headache afterwards, mm. and a lot of a lot of apologizing to do. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, <laughs> I, I mean, I, I still because I am, I feel like I am an unconscious control freak. I still, you know, find myself in my personal journeys. It's more challenging for me to just completely let go. When I'm in the journeys of assisting others, it's easier for me to let go because, like, it's it's just, I don't know, I can, I can associate the, um, the benefits, the value of that, the importance of that, a little more easy to the surrounding experience. But I think I'm still pretty, I'm pretty getting a whole lot better. Looking back at my last big dose, I really did just allow myself. I gave into it. It was very uncomfortable. I kind of was on all fours for a couple of hours, you know, just mm-hmm. sweating and drooling and crying and, and really loving it. Um, so maybe it's not as true as I said. I'm, I'm pretty good. When's the last time y'all heard somebody say that? <laughs> I was sweating and drooling and crying and really just loving it, you know? Mm, I do. I do, actually. <laughs> I do. The most challenging part of the of a trip for me is is really that first hour as I'm intentionally letting myself go, you know, intentionally giving up, not wanting to that that ego physical part of myself, not wanting to lose influence after the peak. Oh. You know, what's funny about this to me is a lot of people, even on their first experience, can identify when they've hit the peak and are starting to come over it. You know, Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know that that's the same with other 
substances, maybe LSD. And I think that has a lot to do with classic psychedelics are in, a, in many ways provide clarity, right? And so you're able to, rather than like if you're drunk or really high, it's not as easy for you to identify where you are in the process, I don't think. Um, but with mushrooms, even when it's confusing, there still is this, can, can be this kind of aspect of clarity. Uh, so anyway, mm -hmm. most people, in my, in my experience, most people are able to say, like, okay, I think I'm over the, 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 the peak right now. I think I've passed the, the Yeah. Tides. Yeah, I'm reflecting on personal experiences and, like, space-holding experiences. Like, <clears throat> this this experience without getting very much into it at all, just touching on it, this experience of, because you mentioned clarity amidst the chaos and mm -hmm. confusion, this experience of clairvoyance that can happen mm -hmm. with people and also communicating with ancestors, other beings, interdimensional beings, however you want to phrase it, and receiving messages mm -hmm. and that kind of clarity. I mean, that's kind of how I've experienced mm -hmm. it, mm -hmm. a clarity mm -hmm. in other realms. Like there's a clarity in another realm of existence, but the lack of clarity is more of like in this realm, mm -hmm. I feel like. Mm -hmm. And so for me, reflecting back on my experiences, mm. being able to have, recognizing clearly, okay, Mm -hmm. Here I am in another realm communicating in a way I wasn't aware I could communicate or, yeah, but not being able to communicate mm -hmm. in my typical way of communicating. So as in the, after the peak, coming back into, okay, I think I can form some words now mm -hmm. and kind of I'm trying to bring these messages in my head mm -hmm. into a way in which I would commonly mm -hmm. communicate them, like verbally with English words. Mm -hmm. um, whereas, yeah, like when you're talking about alcohol, intoxication, it's just all <laughs> like mm -hmm. a fuzz. Yeah. There's no like... There's not clarity. Otherworldly clarity. No, no, it's no. just... Fuzziness. <clears throat> yeah. It's, oh, gosh, there's so much here that I could kind of dig into and reflect on this, but just wanting to think of it in terms of, like, you know how, like, when you're on an airplane, and even if you're in an airplane for the first time, you know, you, you can feel that descent. You know, you know when you're descending because there's a change in air pressure or there's just mm -hmm. a general sense. And oh, yeah. It's almost like when your spirit is... Not returning to your body, but when you're becoming, when your awareness is kind of sinking back down into that physical level of awareness, and you're like, oh, okay, I'm coming back into my body now. I can feel myself starting to reassimilate and descend back into this physical form. Mm -hmm. You know? Yeah. Um, and yeah, it, and it can still take an hour or two at times for words to come together after that peak, you know, it's mm -hmm. very confusing. 
I often have a hard time um, with any kind of expressing any kind of complex idea until many hours after the peak and find mm-hmm. myself communicating in almost childlike, very simple terms. And it's helpful. It's helpful when working with other people and it's helpful in even trying to describe our own experience without getting into, um, you know, real descriptive language, but just kind of being, again, in that kind of childlike wonderment state is a really beautiful and powerful place to be. It's probably my favorite part of the trip, honestly. My favorite part of taking mushrooms is the two hours after the peak. Mm. Mm-hmm. Just being there with people, or even if I'm by myself, like that is the place where I am. I'm cognizant of my surroundings, but I'm also cognizant that words cannot describe my surroundings. And there's just this like, wow, like, like the, the drywall <laughs> and everything that went into making drywall and putting it on the walls, and you know, it's just like, oh. It's so much more than just a sheet of drywall. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, yes. Yeah, so... That's just powerful, really powerful. It's it's an incredible place. It's an incredible place. And touching on, like, again, all the variables that go into... The experience with the mushroom, like thinking of being solo, dosing solo just with yourself versus with one other person versus with a group of people, like being able to look around as well, um, because I feel like this is really common for people in a group to be assessing everybody else in Mm -hmm. the group. Like, okay, I'm feeling this way. Like, hold up. How's everybody else feeling over here? And seeing as well the stages, which can be um, clear with somebody's not maybe not clear, but more apparent where someone is at and the experience based on their body language and um, things. And seeing that within a group that um, like I'm recalling. The, the vocals, like how the vocal experience <laughs> mm-hmm. shifts mm-hmm. after the peak. Mm-hmm. Um, like I can so clearly hear, like it goes from more of like a moaning. Mm-hmm. The peak is very like moany and like, whoa, like navigating this realm and like also trying to f- feel it <laughs> and it coming out very like moaning, almost like childbirth. Uh, Mm. If you've ever experienced that, whether you've given birth or been with somebody who's given birth, those primal, like, Mm. like very low tones, which like help us like, like open up um, and let things through and that tonal vocalizing shifting into more of like a, uh, you know, laughing or like screaming uh, kind of as mm-hmm. the peak is mm-hmm. behind mm-hmm. us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So what comes after the peak? <laughs> what comes after the peak? Downslope. <laughs>
The downslope, the come down, as mm. they say. So that's generally... I stopped coming down, so I can't tell you. <laughs> You're just up. I'm just there. You're just there. Gosh, it's crazy how talking about this... Oh, it's yeah, just, you feel it. just feels... Pathways open up. Yeah. Whew. Mm. Um, the importance of integration, part three. Stay mm. tuned for the next episode. <laughs> so... This is generally happening, the, the come down, the down slope, hours, what, four through six? Four to six, yeah. So, and that can be apparent by, oh, like, I can form some words now. Get up and walk around. I can go to the bathroom finally. I've been wanting to for hours. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, okay, okay. Oh, those are hands at the ends of these here. things. Okay, okay. <laughs> oh, that's right. Yes, I am having a human experience now. <laughs> and I can say that out loud now. <laughs> yeah, so being able to form words and, like, this attempt this beginning of integrating a little mm. bit the process, trying to yeah. trying to put it into words. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that that's a that's also a beautiful part of this is when you can start relating to others again, and you can see the wonderment in their eyes, or just feel it within your own experience if you're flying solo, um, and just just sitting with that. For me, that's when I like to if I'm by myself then I do like to start maybe getting a little more intentional or active in my engagement. I may take some notes. I may do some audio recordings. I've done that at times. Sometimes I've found myself painting when I'm by myself, or sometimes I'm just there with the stars and there with the sky and just really trying to absorb the profundity of the experience. Uh -huh. um, the With the fire, being with the fire is really powerful at that time. Uh, and just feels like it's such a deep connection to something that is part, an integral part of our human history. Like I just did something that we've been doing for thousands of years and we still don't fully understand. You know? mm -hmm. It's really powerful. Mm -hmm. And, uh, and that, that come down period really can last for days and weeks. It can mm -hmm. take, it's really, I'm still in awe. 24 hours, we took a dose 48 hours ago, right now, right about now we were dosing. I took a gram, um, but right now I still feel the after effects. I still feel that sense of wonder and amazement. I'm still communicating with people that we shared that space with and, and really just continuing to, to appreciate it. Not even so much, you know, I, I'm... I'm Switching my, my perspective again, it's evolving from this idea of what am I getting out of it to what am I appreciating about it? Mm. You know, like, I, I, I don't know. It's not like, I'm, not like I'm regretting or anything, but I'm definitely looking back at how and seeing how we as humans tend to try and extract value out of everything when the real value is just in... Thank you, Smokey. Uh, the real value is just in appreciating whatever it is. You know, not trying to get something out of it more than a, just an appreciation for what that thing is. Mm -hmm. That goes for people. Uh, 
Yeah. Way that can that can move into our integration conversation. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, which is <clears throat> for me been such a powerful. Uh, I don't want to say lesson, but experience in the mushroom space is this different perspective on time, mm-hmm. and and likewise how we've talked about. In our last episode where we talked about preparation fully, recognizing that as such a big part of the experience of the mushroom experience, which right now in these modern times where we're relearning culturally how to have these experiences and look at these experiences that's left out of the conversation a lot, like when talking about the trip itself um, is that it really is like, this is the trip. This is it right now. It's after the trip. Mm. It's during the trip. It's before the trip. It's really like kind of all the same. It's different. And it's, it's also like always right here Mm -hmm. with us. Mm -hmm. So it can definitely, it does prolong the mushroom trip in itself, recognizing that that it's not we're not just like taking things out mm-hmm. of mm-hmm. the experience. Yeah. We're that living we're always in the experience, the experience mm-hmm. right here and now. Yeah. And so now that we've kind of talked about the general trajectory of a mushroom trip for those who may be new to mushrooms, uh, take everything we said. And forget it, <laughs> because oh, here comes the, here comes the smokester coming into the shot. The trip dog. Yes, yeah, Smokey, you were a good trip sitter. Yes, you were. Mm-hmm. Um, but the reality is, is that the this general description of a mushroom trip is just that, and there mm-hmm. is no one way that everybody or even any one person trips. It's actually a moving target. My experiences have certainly evolved over the years. I'm sure yours have as well in terms of what they look like and the trajectory of them, what you experience. Everybody is so individual, which is another beautiful aspect of the mushroom, but it also makes it really hard to communicate expectations and why we should have as few expectations as possible. Um, You know, this last retreat that we did is a great example of that in um, literature and, and, and psychedelic circles talk a lot about how SSRIs uh, typically interrupt an experience. They dampen the experience. We had two individuals on this retreat who have been long-term SSRI um, takers, and both of them had very powerful experiences at five grams or less. And so, you know... This has been one of the challenges over the years as we've tried to communicate, educate around psychedelics is that there is just no, generalities can be made, but they should be taken with a very, very large grain of salt. So now, now now that, you know, with that being said, how do you describe or talk to people about mushroom experiences you know, and convey that unpredictability, yet try to give them a sense of 
knowing or comfort in what to expect? Oh, well, I, how do I talk to people about it? Mm -hmm. um, well, I, I try to put it in terms and metaphors that people might be able to grasp onto a little bit better. Like I use a really common, the most common metaphor I use is running a marathon, like <clears throat> preparing for a marathon. If you're going to prepare for a marathon, you don't just like sign up for the marathon today to run it tomorrow. And you don't expect to like go into a marathon, like thinking, oh, like, uh, this is going to be easy or I don't know. I mean, it's, it's, it's hard to, are... it's really hard to put it into words. Yeah. And I, that's, I mean, like what we're doing here is also us integrating our own mm -hmm. experiences. Mm -hmm. Like mm -hmm. that's a big part of it. Us doing this podcast is personal integration and mm -hmm. it's enjoyable to talk about it. And that's part of the experience this mind-blowing, spiritual, profound experience is the act of processing the experience and living it. Mm -hmm. So, um, I don't so know. Not, is that, I don't, that doesn't answer the question. I don't all. know. I don't, I don't know. Well, that's a great answer because I don't either. And people <laughs> ask me, like, what do I expect? And... Or there's a lot of question, questions that people ask me about the mushroom space, and the answers are so varied. There are so many variables that go into even considering outcomes and experiences that I don't even know. Like the more I understand the experience, mm -hmm. the less I feel like I'm able to answer questions truthfully because there is no single answer. You know. I mean, that whole thing with the SSRs, this, this has opened up to me a very seeming, seems like a very clear understanding that this is much more of a spiritual experience than a chemical experience. And I know I've been kind of saying that, but when I was working with both of these individuals, one of which I had worked with um, in Jamaica years ago, um, and saw the power that that individual had to channel information and, and energy. Um, and then working with them again years later when they were on SSRIs and seeing them have the same experience, like every, not the same experience, but this, an even more intense experience perhaps with the SSRIs at a similar to a little bit lower dose. And as I was working in that situation, it just like, that, that was kind of the, <clears throat> the big revelation for me was this individual is, the, the, you know, this is a spiritual experience. This is an energetic experience. Yes, the chemistry has something to do with it or can, but there are other factors involved. And so... Well, the chemistry is a manifestation of what is underlying that. I mean, all of this uh, is like... Is but a, not if you're looking at SSRIs and things that are blocking serotonin. 
that would block psilocybin as a binder. You know, they're binding to the same mm-hmm. uh, receptor sites. They're uh, chemically almost identical, you know, and so it does stand to reason. And, you know, maybe we'll find some scientific explanation uh, for how this kind of functionality here that doesn't take it away from being something spiritual. I mean, this individual who I'm referring to, when I, the first time I met them, I looked in this person's eyes and I knew that there was some, something very powerful, a very powerful spirit in that body. And she even said to me this weekend afterwards, how did you know? How did you know looking at me all those years ago? And I don't have a good answer for that. But the fact that her, the experience that was had this weekend was so powerful, despite that chemical um, interaction that was there, or that, that chemo- chemistry that was going on inside of her body, her having that incredibly powerful spiritual experience showed me very clearly that there is much more going on here than just some receptor binding. Mm-hmm. Uh, and I'm not sure how that fits into the conversation, other than the generalities that we make are, again, to be taken with a grain of salt because everybody functions differently. The I don't want to say the damage, but there's a conversation on LinkedIn going on uh, right now amongst the psychedelic people there that I'm uh, involved with. Uh, about this kind of these general assumptions that are being made about psychedelics after uh, you know the the you know media push that we've seen from the time Michael Pollan's book came out till now, and whether or not that is detrimental to um, the practitioners and people who come to psychedelics brand new, you know, because it's like I was trying to ask you, somebody who's had a lot of experience with psilocybin, how to. Uh, you know, how to explain your understanding of the experience. And there's just not really good words, and it's a moving target. Yeah, we can try. And then ultimately, it's like, but like you said, but let all that go. Because there's there's common themes, mm-hmm. and then there's also, like, complete surprises. And like, what just happened? Never would have expected that types of experiences. Mm-hmm. So you can try. It's fun to try. It's fun to try and explain. What about what about the common common thread of trusting the process? That that may be the one aspect of this that continues to come into play for me, regardless of scenario. Every single time, whether it's by myself or as a sitter with a dozen or one people. Um, taking mushrooms myself or in a group, no matter what the potency or the intensity of it is, trusting the process seems to be one of the most, if not the most important part of the process. If we can, you know. Um, uh-huh. So that may, be, that may be the only common thread that runs through this for everybody is that the more you trust this, then the safer you are and the better your outcome will be. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. 
Yeah. Yeah, it's a great metaphor there in general. Mm-hmm. In life. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I mean, when there's, I don't know, the thing about psychedelics and, and mushrooms in particular for me anyway is that it can, like if in, in, a, in a normal waking scenario, if I think I'm having organ failure or I think I'm dying or if I think I'm going insane, right, I might, I'm going to be more inclined to seek help. Whereas in mushrooms, if I, whatever it is I'm experiencing and I have experienced some very extreme states, uh, and whatever I'm experiencing, I know that I can trust it. I know that it's good for me. I don't. I don't necessarily know that about, you know, other circumstances outside of the psychedelic space. Does that make sense? What I'm saying? Yes. If I feel like no. I'm on fire, if I'm sitting here all of a sudden and I'm erupting in a fever that feels like I am on fire, or if I'm having, all of a sudden, I'm having cold chills that Mm -hmm. I feel like I'm freezing to my core, I don't know that I'm going to trust that process as much as I do when I'm on mushrooms. Right. I feel like it's a different, the manifestation of those ideas and, like, the, the questions that we have come up, like the what's the term like the latency of the manifestation is just different time-wise like um i mean like you called me on your last mushroom trip pretty freaked out thinking like should i go to the doctor or not right Mm -hmm. now like Mm -hmm. i mean that's i feel like the mushroom space is this grand mirror of opportunity to like take a look and see what's going on so i mean you I mean, y'all already know this, but, like, it's it's just a, a more potent example of, of how things work in our regular day-to-day lives without eating mushrooms. Mm. Um, if we're, there's plenty of people that walk around thinking that they're sick and dying and then they actually get really sick and get... Mm cancer and manifestations of these paranoias and Mm -hmm. fears and in the mushroom space it can feel very much like oh my god i do i do have cancer okay Mm -hmm. great i've got cancer Mm -hmm. you know and then coming out of that space it's like whoa and that's where like integration comes in and like our next conversation of interpreting Mm-hmm. The messages of the mushroom and trusting the process is not black and white right. <laughs> either. Yeah. It's like that's a there's a lot of nuances uh, built into that as well. Yeah, I mean, even when I was calling you about wondering if I should go to the hospital because my hands were swollen, like I was trusting the process, you know. But I was wondering if I'm at the stage in the process where I, <laughs> I, need where to I go to the hospital. <laughs> Right, exactly. It's very nuanced. <laughs> <laughs> very much so. Yeah. Very much so. Okay, well, I guess we can probably move on to our integration conversation from here. Huh? I think we've covered kind of 
the bulk of what this experience could look like and yeah. also reminded you that it could look like anything else. Yeah, we didn't really fully touch on the like six to eight hour mark. Uh, I don't feel like. The duration. Yeah, that part where it's like, you know, we didn't touch on eating mushrooms during the day versus the nighttime and how like mm. that can affect. Yeah, that's a big set and setting whole, conversation. Yeah, that's a whole set and setting conversation. Um, but like that whole experience of coming back um depends on if you're in your house or you had this experience somewhere else and maybe you need to come back home or maybe you're at home and now like your kids are coming home <laughs> it's hour seven and here comes like the spouse and kids and <laughs> you know are that you whole referring back to a personal experience here <laughs> <laughs> that whole part of the experience like can be there's so you know, a much weird. here you could just talk forever about yeah. taking mushrooms there's so much that goes on here okay so as usual i'm not sure if we really helped anybody or not <laughs> it's like people ask me i questions, help myself you know, like, i don't know i don't even know what to tell you more i was just thinking about you know even you're talking about the duration of this and i'm thinking about people who have multiple times seeing and experiencing a two-hour trip where you get you get the message and then the trip just turns off, you know? I've, yeah. I've had that happen. I've seen it happen to people. Uh, so just predictably unpredictable. Again, this is a 101 mm -hmm. general video. I don't think know? I do very well with when I'm, stuff. Yeah. Put, I, I, there is a general and then there's like the, but there are exceptions type of and the exceptions, disclaimer. They start pretty quickly. Like I know. It's pretty quickly. But like for somebody, for somebody that's like been responsible for planning itineraries for the past mm -hmm. how many years mm -hmm. for mushroom retreats, mm -hmm. I have to, I've had to rely on mm -hmm. the general common experience to mm -hmm. be able to mm -hmm. like cater to, mm -hmm. you know, the majority. Meal prep and all the other stuff that goes Meal into Meal prep and yeah. yeah. So there is a people, general. People want to kind of have one of a general idea. But it's just, you know, it's, it feels like really important to me that people know that this is completely unpredictable. It's it is. I think, it's I think really that's important. one of the most important safety or harm reduction uh, elements that we can bring into the conversation. Yeah. So. It's very did unpredictable. My, did my part. Listen to the prep. Listen to all parts. Listen to part all one, the episodes. Part one, two, and three. Hey, I was really, really impressed, really proud of the fact that we had... You know, medical professionals, long-term meditators, a lot of people this weekend on the retreat have talked about how valuable this podcast has been to them, saying that they listen to every single episode all the way through. And that's, that's really, not only does it mean a lot, but I think, I know that there's value, even though, and, and maybe that's part of the value that we bring is not talking about this in black and white terms like the mm -hmm. majority of psychedelic education does uh, so anyway thank you all for listening thank you for being a part of our community and even if you're just listening we consider you a part of our community please feel free to reach out to us on any of the social medias mm -hmm. and also to leave a little review on itunes or spotify yeah if you have any questions that come up specifically around any of this definitely reach out to us via email. We've answered some questions before and it's made some pretty great episodes so yeah. you can reach out yeah. at 
psilocybin says at gmail.com. And we'll find us. another way to tell you that we don't. Have <laughs> we'll talk a lot, and then at the end, we'll say, but really, we have no idea. <laughs>